Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And we are continuing our interview series right now with incredible minds and incredible wisdom to share during these very, very strange, crazy times. These times of mandated lockdowns, quarantines, house arrest, so-called viral infections plaguing humanity. That's a whole other subject. Um, We've done a number of interviews kind of probing into that, and we will continue to do a number more. This interview today is with a very close brother of mine. His name is Amareya Dreamseed, and we did a really amazing interview a number of years ago in the Hawaiian island of Kauai. He's been a very good friend of mine for many, many years, and um, yeah, this this interview was powerful. This was very powerful. We went down a few different rabbit holes. We went very, very deep, and this is an overarching metaphysical, spiritual, and very practical perspective on transformation. It's not entirely based on just the circumstance and situation that we find ourselves in, but it is the opportunity to transform and evolve our life, evolve our circumstance within the global pandemic. Incredible wisdom that was brought forth here, and there's a lot of cool things that we dive into that we probably wouldn't normally dive into, but heck, if the world's going to end, we might as well go there. By the way, I don't think the world's going to end. I don't think anything of the sort is going to happen. I'm incredibly optimistic. I'm enthusiastic. And I'm just as much riding the waves as anybody else. So, you know, this interview, I think you're just going to really enjoy it. And uh, it is like riding the wave. So wherever you are, go for a walk, whatever you're going to do, enjoy this interview. And before we go into it, I just want to share a bit about my sponsor, the sponsor for this show, Now Alchemy. And if you don't know, Now Alchemy is an incredible nutraceutical superfood concentrate herbal supplement company. They have a lot of incredible um, products, incredible products for remineralizing the body activating your, I mean, I don't know what you want to call it without making it sound a little woo-woo, but really activating your biological optimization um, pathways. And really, how do you do that? Well, you have to mineralize the body. Most people do not get enough minerals, even from their organic food supply, especially on a lot of plant-based diets, even if you're doing a lot of ethically raised animal-based foods. Um, You never know. You never know really what the soil quality is and you don't know entirely what is available to you. So that's why I really like companies like this because they provide a wide range of what I call alchemical nutrition. Now, I could go deeper into what that means. Ultimately, what now Alchemy is doing is they really own a particular niche within this particular demographic. The type of products that they provide are head and shoulders above the others in their category, Um, but they provide a wide range of different products that I just really consider to be biological optimization tools. Um, Things like medicinal mushrooms, 
things like uh, d different herbs like kava kava, passion flower. Um, there's a particular product I'm thinking about called Nirvana, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a formula that is really great for brain health, for stress reduction, for reducing anxiety and that kind of thing. Um, dreaming as well. Um, there's a number of other incredible products. Uh, one of my favorite products is the, uh, I think it's still called the Immortal, if I remember correctly, Immortal, and it is a medicinal mushroom product. These are all in tincture form, by the way. If you go to the website nowalchemy.com, then you'll get all the information on all the products. Use the coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL. That's one word, human potential. You're going to get a nice discount. If you go on Instagram, look up Now Alchemy and look up Archer Love, A-R-C-H-E-R -E Love. Very dear friend of mine. If you send him a message, you let him know that you heard about Now Alchemy from the Ronnie Landis podcast show. I'm sure that would make his day and that certainly would make mine as well. So hope you enjoy the products. Nowalchemy.com code human potential. Let's move on to the interview with Mr. Amareya Dreamseed. Deep, deep dive. I know you're going to enjoy this one. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And uh, we are just continuing our epic and incredible deep dive interview series surrounding the, you know, the common thing for me to say right now is surrounding the COVID-19 scenario. Uh, however, as you've probably noticed up to this point in the interviews, I think we've done about seven interviews. This goes far beyond the, the COVID-19. That's, that's code for everything else that we're talking about. And maybe we'll tap into that. Maybe we won't. But we are continuing our series. And I have a very, very good friend of mine, a colleague, uh, a legitimate mystic, shaman, shaman, um, beautiful brother, incredible light worker, light warrior of the highest order. <clears throat> His name is Amareya Dreamseed. And if you've been following the podcast for the last couple of years, you may know that we did an interview in Kauai, Hawaii, about two-ish years ago, maybe even two and a half years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Incredible, incredible episode. And we dove deep into a lot of just really interesting concepts, life experience, um, uh, ideas around time, the future, predicating the present or the, pre or the present being predicated on the future. I think I'm, I'm mentioning that now just to plant that seed because I do want to talk about that. So yeah. I want to make sure that I plant that seed before we get in here. It was an incredible episode. Highly recommend you go back over it. It's like episode 103 or 104, something like that. It's right there with the Michael Beckwith episode. So it's, it's somewhere right over there. But anyways, we're in the here and now, and right here and now, I have Amareya back with me, and it only feels fitting, especially after I had Richard Rudd on yesterday, so it's, it's absolutely perfect to have you on right now. Uh, super grateful for you being here, brother, and um, I mean, where do you start with something like this? How about this? How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, first of all, Ronnie, thank you for, for opening up the space for 
our community, our communion to happen again. And I love the feeling of the intimacy that we've already generated together and that we can come together in these ways. Thank you for providing these epic live streams. Um, I'm feeling extraordinary. Thanks for asking. It's, mm. it's, um, you know, it's a real powerful thing to, to find ourselves, you know, during this COVID experience and use it as a mirror, you know, for our deep inward journey and the arc of where we wish to, you know, stabilize ourselves while everything else fluxes around us, which is true all the time, but COVID just kind of puts an extra little spin on things. And, you know, it's interesting to see where each of us have been kind of appointed, you know, on the planet and, you know, to create this sense of, all right, we're in a quarantine, we're in a, a lockdown, we're in a, a place where we probably can't travel as much. Some of us uh, have been traveling and then have to find ourselves in, a, you know, a different country or something. Or I'm here in Australia, which I didn't know that I'd be here right now. But when things started getting a little, hmm, a little wobbly, I intuited that this is where I wanted to be. And I got in to the country nine days before all of the, you know, flights got canceled and everything like that and, and borders, you know, locked down. So um, I'm grateful to be here in a place called Mullumbimby, which is near Byron Bay. A lot of us know Byron Bay as one of the most beautiful, you know, communities in all of Australia. Um, highly you know, progressive and just a real strong kind of soul family of like-minded people here. So I'm way far up, a, you know, a creek 20 minutes from, from town and civilization where things are just going on as normal, basically, <laughs> here on the land with the community. And I'm super grateful to be living close to the land, which, you know, is one of our many ways to anchor into something that's more real and true and consistent than the surface level, you know, fluctuations that are happening on, on in the collective right now. So a way to tether in is what I would say is what we all need, a way to anchor and ground into what's real. Uh, and so we, we each need to find those ways. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and speaking of Australia, I, I I've heard a lot, and that and this is this is also a good a good topic point as well as the perceptual crisis versus the immediate reality of our own individuated mm. experience. Right, this is something I I've been talking mm. about a lot just to just to just to demarcate the line of reality and perception, right? Because as we all kind of know, and some of us don't kind of know, but we know like we know anything, which is that this is a perception game, right? This is a game of information, perception, belief systems, uh, the triggering of trauma, the, the manipulation of trauma. The, I mean, that's the game that's been going on underneath the surface, right? And the, whether you, let's just call it the, the mainstream yeah. media, right? We, want, we don't need to get into all the, the other shadow elements that are also rising up to the surface. If you do a, a YouTube search right now, or you just scroll on Facebook, you will get all the little tidbits and the, the breadcrumbs leading you towards any rabbit hole you <laughs> want to go down right now, which is a fascinating phenomenon in of itself, um, so which, which I think is worth, worth discussing at some point. But 
Um, just taking it back to this thing around perception, you're in Australia. I've heard a lot of things are going on mm. out there. There's a lot of uh, suppression. There's a lot of uh, things happening that a lot of people are not too happy about. So I'm just curious if you can maybe give us a little bit of an update based on your direct experience over there. Well, that's an interesting thing to ask because I maintain my own center point of how much I choose to connect into what is being uh, garnered, you know, meaning what's, you know, what has actually being offered to the public through all the channels and the bandwidths, you know, and so I don't actually subscribe nor follow a lot of the things that are being put out there. And so I, I don't feel like I could give you a very clear official update. What I can say is that I don't feel like what's happening here is much different than anywhere else. Australia is just giving its version of that. Um, my, my sense though, in general, is that Australia's taking some fairly um, progressive mm. ways in certain ways. Like I go down into town and people are still interacting. There's still mm -hmm. things happening. Mm -hmm. There's not an intense feeling of lockdown. People are, you know, Australians are a little kind of like down to earth and kind of, you know, casual actually I've found. And um, mm -hmm. here in Molumbimbi in the town of, I don't know, it's a very small town in a sense, you know, there's a lot of people with, you know, their heads on, screwed on right yeah, yeah, and yeah. not, yeah. Mm -hmm. not just like, you know, blind prescribers to what's happening uh -huh. as we're, as we're spoon fed, you know, from the media. So there's a general sense that, uh, all is well, actually. We, well, we can still well. go into nature. We can still go, you know, and hang out on the beaches. And you're not getting, you don't have police officers waiting for you to pull you <laughs> off. <and> <laughs> Nothing like that is happening here in this small town. Sydney okay. might be different, and I, you know, I don't that know much sense. about it. That makes sense. It's probably like the difference between Sedona and LA or Sedona and New York. Yes, yeah. probably so. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. that, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. that. And that's just another example of um, kind of what I'm alluding to. And, and, I, and I keep bringing this up probably in almost every, every one of these conversations just to drive the point um, that our perception of what's going on may in fact be significantly different than the reality and the actuality yeah. of what's going on, most specifically in our own immediate life. And sometimes what I notice is that you know, you said something really important that I'm, I'm taking in as a bit of wisdom, which is that um, maybe, I sh maybe, maybe it's time that I pull myself out of the, the, the rigmarole, right? Like I'm, I'm constantly yeah. like surveying everything and I've, I've kind of narrowed right. it down after a couple weeks to the bits of information and the sources that I feel most credible and most grounded and like right. you said, have their head on straight so I can, I can take in some information and get some updates um, but I also am susceptible, just like everyone. I want to know what's going on. I'm curious what Donald Trump's saying. I'm curious to read yeah. between the lines. I'm curious about some of these alternative ideas and some of the new policies and things that are happening, like the defunding of the, the WHO. This is very interesting and fascinating to watch. But today I noticed yeah. my nervous system got mm. really triggered and agitated when I was 
trying to do something with my website and then I had like this this like Pizzagate investigation video going on in the background and it just it just came to that point where I was like <laughs> my nervous system just got really fired up I had to take a walk and then and now talking to you I'm like okay I think I think I got it I think I got the gist I think I can back away from some of this and I can kind of just right and so I say that in transparency for my own process and I also say that in reverence to the the viewer and the person listening or watching this who most likely is going through the rabbit hole because hey guess what you're probably at home right now and you're probably on your computer or your device and uh yeah <laughs> yeah good you know great place to insert some some ideas and what's been happening yes, for exactly. me please i'm i'm I am quite aware of how the subconscious works. You know, I've dedicated my life to understanding the imprints and the programs that we create inside of ourselves, but how much of those are influenced by the amazing information feed called the outer world. And I'm not just talking about news, I'm talking about literally every single interaction every single thing that um, passes on every email and Facebook, anything, you know, everything that we do is, is creating a potential insert into our subconscious that then we take on as our own reality and we don't even realize it that much at all. And so, you know, our beliefs obviously create our reality, our thought forms and the, the chemical uh, cascade that happens with emotions, like you said today, today you went through a, you know, your nervous system kind of going, whoa, that's, that's a lot to deal with, you know? And what we allow in is so critical to then what we're creating as our true sovereignty, our North compass, our sense of what we're aligned with internally that then defines the map of how we engage the world. We're each our own universe as, as you know. And so, I've been very careful around how much I'm filtering in from this side and that vantage point and conspiracy this and, um, you know, what, how much to actually even plug into even the facts, you know, numbers and whatever. Um, just last night, of course, more was coming on the, on the feed and I'm just like, nope, I don't need to watch that video. Mm, yeah, I'm not going to pay attention much to that. I continue to to utilize more my interior world as a, a, a deeper reference point. I continue to dive into what is this revealing to me? You know, and I, I think um, in order to come into this space of one pointedness of kind of just committing to where I want to, what's my access point to this whole experience, there's um there's what i want to share actually is that there's a lot of incredible space to find yourself in the not knowing because we want to continue to define our reality by checking you know new statistics new a new perspective on this video and you know wow um there's every spiritual tradition is going to tell us that the liberated place to arrive at is the space of not knowing, okay? The ecstatic surrender to the great mystery is 
an amazing space to find ourselves. It's a scintillating and transparent, infinite depth of the moment that we all really know. Now, not all of us, but there's where the wellspring is, where then we access the, the truth, the reality, not what we project onto it. Every time, I'm just going to say this, every time we project onto the moment with our idea of COVID, that a lot of it is just a feedback mechanism to what we've heard, the whole thing reveals its ephemeral nature. I mean, <laughs> you know, because tomorrow we might think a whole different idea of what COVID is. You know, we have another conversation with a, a friend and now we've just changed our whole viewpoint again. <laughs> you know, at a, the whole thing is revealing its ephemeral nature. I think that's part of what we're, we're getting tested right now of what defines our reality. And this is an amazing opportunity, you know, to see at a more blatantly ridiculous level than ever. You know, <laughs> like, there's so much we don't know and so much that changes every day with this accelerated experience. And all signals for me are pointing to us surrendering into what we cannot know and stop trying to, you know, so that we can reside and abide in the deep central core of the self where all of it is arising from. This whole outpicturing of our reality, first inside, but then the experiment is we're getting to see that what is the outpicturing of all of humanity? What are, what are we choosing? And so I do believe that the more we create a coherence inside, the more we're going to help to generate the holographic experience of what are we learning here and what would we like to move forward with? This is a big testing of that. Big testing. Yeah. Very well put. And yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot that we could say, but just piggybacking on that. I think that that is, yeah, it's very well put. And what came up for me listening to you was the, well, first of all, I mentioned this before we, we got on here. One thing I feel clear about is this is a holy charade, <laughs> you know, like there's no way around it. Like, and you know me, like I'm a researcher and I'm putting the pieces together and I'm creating some kind of grounded perspective to get to, to be able to, yeah. to see what appears to be happening from multiple levels and there are multiple levels and layers occurring. I've used this example yeah. in private conversations. It's like you're shaking up a fish tank and all that muck and dirt and debris underneath those oh. rocks is shaking up. And it's, it's a phenomenon of it in a, in of itself. And yeah. I, and I, and I notice the knee jerk reaction in the warrior, the, 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 the mm. fierce protective, warrior of light coming on strong and 99% of the time I know exactly how to direct it whether it's in a, a something to share on Facebook you know and I've been I feel like I've been yeah. very clear and coherent very like surgically precision precision like uh, straightforward when I act from that place of alignment and right action right um, that's why I'm doing yeah. these interviews but today I felt that that thing come up inside of me particularly around children and I just felt that thing inside of me just get real agitated and real disorientated and really just 
um, just aggravated. Right. And I had to walk away and I had to just, I had to really get into some breath work. I had to go for a drive and just get present. And what you're reminding me of right now is although there is that thing or those things happening out there and that's all real, right? It's not there. There is, and this is what I want to get in. I'm going to unpack this idea and I want to get into this with you is what, what I'm signaling is this idea of the Maya. You brought that up before we started recording. And, and there is the Maya, there is the, the charade, the sideshow, right? Whatever we want to call that. But then there's also the reality of things coming together in a collective perception that was previously held in the unconscious. It's almost like in Jungian psychology, like the collective noospherical unconscious is, it is erupting collectively. And each individual is trying to figure out what the heck do I do with this? And we're all having our reactions. We're having our responses. Um, many of us who, who have been on the path of, of deep inner work, um, we're all trying to use the tools that we have in our tool belt that we've, we've used maybe in other situations. Yeah. Maybe it's working now. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, so I want to I wanna drop that in the bucket here to unpack here. And um, mm-hmm. also this idea of the Maya and kind of just riffing on that because I know you, you can really kind of articulate this in, in describe for all of us what your perspective on on that is and and you know maybe some perspectives on how each of us can effectively navigate through this what while also honoring that impulse that that whatever that warrior impulse whatever that is that's kicking on in a lot of a lot of us out here does that all mm, make sense that, that's a lot beautiful yeah yeah so i'll catch i'll catch the wave where i can here and, okay. and yeah. Tune into what you had first said w- w- about the holy charades, you know, and the and the Maya, because the the obviously our personal Maya, our personal way that we're relating to this holographic dance called life, you know, which is not positive or negative. A lot of people when they hear the word Maya, they think of negative illusion, you know. It's a, it's a spell. Well, it's true. And I, I appreciate how you termed it a holy charade because none of it is more or less holy just because it's a dreaming outpicturing of the, the, uh, the illusion of matter, you know, because while we're in it, it's real. It's meant to be played with, you know, it's malleable. The beauty of Maya is that it's malleable. Consciousness creates matter. We're learning about the outpicturing of consciousness and energy and how it, how it births whatever we you know, choose to believe and involve ourselves in. So this is a time where we're getting really even more mirrored. You better be careful with how you're relating to everything, you know, because your coherency around that, how you respond to things, what you let in, what information you filter, what circumstances, it's all a holographic testing of your stance in, in life. And your centering presence to be a generator of coherence is really important right now. And I believe we've just begun to explore our true power of, of heart coherence 
and resonance. And so this is expanding our capacities. Whether, whether we see it or not as that, it's what's happening. I think we're going through an eye of the needle and this is the test of how are we doing with this collective human experience? Are, are, we, are we understanding that this is the incredible marker point of how we move forward together? And so, because this is the, I would say this is the first globalized experience. You know, we've had pandemics in the past, like Spanish flu, but we were not one collective newosphere yet. We were not a pan-networked, you know, collective entity sphere. And so it's more important than ever and more impactful than ever that every single person on the map of the globe is contributing to where we move. And so each of us has a responsibility to first do our inner work. And that's where I wanna bring it back to the, the holy charade, the Maya of where are we centering into? Because that's the real great work. Um, like we have a divine power as creative souls, you know, to, and to choose that power and to weave the new threads of our own inner reality and then be able to cast that into the net. That is our God-given power. And if I could you know, be a proponent of anything, it's that I want each of us to take steps to free our mind from the binds and the spells of outer authority. But first we have to realize what is authoring our own life first. Why do we even allow the spell of the outside authority to have a hold on us that's where we take back our power we seize the reins within our own willpower to direct it towards the highest and the best good for ourselves our kin the earth you know humanity as a whole and so you know if we have a shot at really doing something powerful this is the real great work is the inside work then we'll have a shot at redirecting the energy of the planet you know it's, but it has to be earned. What we're going through right now, we're earning, you know, our, you know, our place as a collective species. Did we figure out the first steps of becoming a globalized consciousness? We're, we are adolescence on this. It's never been done before what we're doing. And so if we, can we look at how this is fortifying our capacity to be stewards you know holding our um holding this process and learning it as we go there's the we can't look backwards for for you know what to do we just now it's about a future we can't look to the memory of the past i'm gonna i'm gonna imprint an idea of future memory okay and this kind of goes back into like our last uh our last little interview of understanding that um, history doesn't have the answers, but we can tune into praying it forward, in a sense, and then starting to connect to the har harmonic resonance of a specific timeline that is yet to be, in a sense. The blueprint of what is possible is there. It's held as a potential. And we're, we're understanding that that river flowing from the future coming towards us is we're able to harmonically resonate with the reality we would like to experience. This is a powerful way of understanding that 
we are not victims to anything on the outside. We're here to remember we're co-creators. We're creators of our reality. So this is actually how we get out of the spell of Maya, of the holy charade, is to let go of the victim consciousness. We all did this. We all created COVID. This is our collective dream spell, all right? So now it's up to us to go, well, what, what would we like to do from here? We're not victims. It's part of the conspiracy theory, some of the energetics of that can bring certain people into still the victim consciousness. You know, that's a real thing to look at, you know, because we're still creating us and them as part of that template of some of the conspiracy things that are happening. We want to take back the reins of our own ship. We have to look at where we're still playing out the victim role. Um, because when we're in victim, we are not being a creator mm-hmm. of, our, of our reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I understand that the understanding of the underboard of how some of this has very sinister agendas connected to it. That is true. So we're talking about two things, the out picturing and the in picturing. Uh And so we want to be powerful in taking back the reins of our society and our culture, you know, but we, our inner work is having to see where am I utilizing that to still create polarization Right. You know, and supreme neutrality is what's being called forth right Mm, now. mm, mm. We need to be in enough supreme neutrality internally to be able to respond to this experience without creating us and them realities. I mean, absolutely. And, And I and I know that just from personal experience and and it's 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 a brilliant and incredibly timely, necessary perspective if there ever was one at this, this point in time, this exact moment in time, this pivot point in time. And, you know, Michael Tessarian, who, who I've become friends with, and I've had him on the show a number of times, he's, he has a great saying, which is, don't, don't ask if you've been sold a lie, ask if you bought the lie. You yes. know, the, the question is not, yeah. have we been lied to, right? That, that's old. We, we're, we're past that. We need to do right. the inner work to assess did I buy the lie and where did I purchase that from and how did I actually, how did I allow that to impression upon me and how do I unhook from that contract? And this is an interesting word that came up. I heard Sasha Stone talking about this. I know you, I I assume you know him and I'd love to talk to you because I want to bring him on. Um, But he, he, and he brings up the thing around the dream spell and it's, it's perfect language. I feel like it's coherent impeccable language this idea of a contract right and and i think we yeah. have contracted ourselves particularly through the lineages right then it, it's contractual mm. meaning it's we're contracted we're in this contraction and we do notice when we are in a victim state and we're on the defensive that we are in a contraction we are in a bind right this double sure. bind idea and it's like yeah. well if i go if i vote for this person or i vote for that person it's the lesser of two evils or or it you, mm. you you're screwed if you do you're screwed if you don't this kind of idea where there's no option but there my friend brandon reminded me there's always a third option to every mm. bipartisan situation and I think what I'm hearing from you, the third option really is a state of neutrality. 
Absolutely. Neutrality is what then creates um, coherency, which then creates receptivity to the higher bandwidths of what's really what we're here to learn because neutrality then makes us listeners instead of reactors. You know, we keep our attention attuned to the resonance of the many layers of the field because right now there are so many layers. This is true always, but with COVID, if we're looking at this as using this as our mirror, there are so many layers that we're here to unpack. Uh, and if, if we're not in the listening response, we're not going to get all of the bandwidths of the layers to then know how to respond inside and then know how to respond outside from a real impeccable space. I like the word that you said. Impeccability is one of the noble traits, you know, that we're hopefully galvanizing through this process internally as well as externally as a species. You know, how, what are we making choices from? And so, yeah, I, I, love, I love what you said around that. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful. And um, <clears throat> I mean, there's so many, there's so many little things to to riff on just just in the language itself. I, I really appreciate the word impeccability that got brought up here, um, and I, I feel like that is a very important thing to meditate on or to look through, or as a as a as a lens to look through our own individual choices. Because what I'm what I'm feeling like right in here is 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 important and you've already spoken to it, which is, you know, what are we, what are we going to do? Are we going to run out there like activists and run out with these signs that say whatever goobity gop on it, as if that means anything, um, you know, whatever the thing, you know, whatever you see, you're driving by down the street and somebody says like, you know, uh, you know, down with Trump, it's like, okay, I mean, all right, I got, what am I going to do with that? I don't know. Um, it's yeah. not really like going anywhere. It's kind of just like, oh, now you just, yeah. you just put that in my head. I was going somewhere. Now I'm kind of like, I don't, where am I going? Um, these ideas, in yeah. other words, these ideas, these sayings, <clears throat> these memes, these, these half truths or fragmented articles or videos or whatever's being flung out there into the social media hologram, which to your point in the beginning yeah. of this call is impressioning upon our consciousness and it and it's it it has an effect. It has a downstream effect. It has an immediate effect, a triggering effect, a disorientation effect, a fear effect, maybe an empowerment effect. I don't know, whatever that mm. is. But but I think the central the central thing I'm trying to say here is that um where are we gonna put our attention, in other words, right? Are yeah. we gonna put our attention on the thing out there that whatever is going on out there? I'm not on the front lines of particular chessboards. I'm not in the secret military. Yes. I'm not in the White House. I'm not, that's not right. where I'm physically at, right? I'm right here. I'm here in my own life. Yeah. I have certain, I, the only thing I have, I have, maybe I have control of, I have control of what I'm doing right now, my reactions, my language, what I choose to do in my time. I don't have control of my circumstances other than the control I, or the influence I should say I have on it. Um, but am I going to put my attention on things I don't have control over or am I going to double down and mm. use this as an opportunity to actually focus on the goals that maybe I put off, focus on my yeah. relationships, text and yeah. contact the people that may don't may not have anybody 
to talk to you right now? Mm. You know, what am I, how am I going to, how am I going to use this scenario as mm. a way to not only empower myself, but even more importantly, to be a beacon of light into, to, yeah. to serve and, and show up in a way that's actually positive and productive. Yes. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, we're working and operating on so many different levels all the time. And I think it's important what you just said of like, you are not on the, you know, front line of, you know, making policy shifts or, or this or that. And so you, it's like, we know what our, uh, post is when we we hopefully if we tune in every day and we ask the question every single day what is it that wishes to be expressed through me today and we commit every day to that level of excellence of what we can show up for you know uh, that is really important to to see even in the micro aspects of how you know how can i whatever it is if i meant to reach out to a friend in need who's going through their little breakdown or whatever, they're needing support, that's the exact way that you're meant to show up, you know, and they're going to do the same, you know, when in your time of need. And so we're, you know, we're, we're here committing whatever we can. And what we're going to focus on is huge because won't that be what creates the shift in awareness at the higher level too? Um, is it not our purpose and need more than ever right now to find entry points into higher consciousness together because we're, you know, the mind can be hijacked by anxiety, futurism, like future thinking is a huge place where we're investing so much of our energy and that takes us out of committing to the moment, you know, committing to the moment is understanding that, if we, if we rest into that, we establish ourselves there, then our figuring out mind, we don't need it, actually. The figuring out mind comes from the ego. And so if we can drop that, we can be here established in, in the higher mind, let's say, because the higher mind doesn't think. The higher mind recalls. It, it actually is receptive to gnosis, to true true wisdom in the moment you know and that's where we're moving from the law of life instead of the human laws and the ego being ruled by the ego now we're talking about we're being utilized we're accessing the law of life you know and we move from there and we're not in resistance or reaction we're a channel we're open to it and we're trusting in that and so we're going to know every single day not exactly what to do we're going to be resting in the listening and this and the spaciousness to attune to where can we show up what what is arising placing an equal amount of our awareness on the internal as well as the external because like you you said you know this is an opportunity to dive in deeper into ourself and go wow there's so much coming up are we going to actually finally look at like all the things that are churning inside and use this to really do some great self growth, you know, mm -hmm. and, and refine some of the razor's edge of how, how we navigate our world inside, you know, 
because it's true like every spiritual tradition will say you know your inner worlds you know if if you're focused on that your light is going to radiate and emanate m- more deeply and you you will be a light onto the world because you're continually honing yourself you're you're doing the great work in ten- internally that actually is one of the most powerful things to do you know and it's like a tube torus where our energy dynamic if we're honing our own energy we're we're creating a vortex where our consciousness is being purified, upgraded, opened to the infinite, we're naturally going to generate that into the field. That's a holographic Mm -hmm. universal Mm -hmm. correspondence as above, so below, as within, so without. And so it is our service, just that. Just continuing to refine, hone, and use this as a a potent way to, uh, to galvanize our own you know, power and inner authority and connection to spirit and to our divine presence, you know, or however, like those are, you know, more spiritual terms, but just being in our impeccability of, of, um, you know, purifying our own path. And so that's, that's going to have its impact. And we have, you know, we have to trust that too. Like that's some people continue to go, what am I supposed to do? You know, we all have an, an inherent desire to want to serve. Yeah. That's actually part of being called a collective entity called humanity. We're actually wired biologically and genetically to want to serve the, the whole, the group, you know, the, the tribe, the, 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 the primal entity that we're the bigger part of. So what can we do? If we're not in fear response, which is the contraction, the natural thing when we start to open is I want to be, I want to be of service. And a lot of us are going, how can I be of service? So there's the outer level and then the service of the inner level mm-hmm. of just mm-hmm. being this light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that, um, <clears throat> well, last thing I want to just touch on briefly on that note um, is this theme around safety. So, you know, because that contraction that contraction response and experience usually has a protective component. Maybe it's, I don't know if usually is the right way to say it. I would say it probably is always right. In my experience, there's always a sense of lack of safety, wherever that's coming from, whatever the experience is, that's a whole other podcast. But just on that note, just on that, that theme, Mm. I'm feeling a lack of safety in my framework in this moment it does not appear to me that there is something that I can, I can hold on to. I can, I can stand on. Um, I don't feel safe to open up and expand. Um, So I'm, I'm curious, you know, what would you say to people that they genuinely, and and there might be some guilt around this. I can, I could, I can totally understand that if there's a guilt for not feeling safe enough to serve. And they're in that contraction. Mm. You, you see, mm. there's, there's a layering of this, yeah. this whole, this, this kind of thing. I'm curious what you would say to people that might be in that. This is such a valuable question. I'm so grateful you've raised it because our sense of safety and security is everything. Okay, as a you know, as a psychologist, as somebody that that's what I trained in. 
I understand that when we don't feel trust or safety, everything else um, goes down to the first chakra survival mechanism. And so generating a sense of safety is everything. It's, it's what allows us to feel at peace with the outer circumstances too. Um, so I think this is a part of what COVID is actually doing to us. It's shaking us to, to look at where does my sense of security come from? Because jobs are being lost, which that was a huge part for a lot of people of sense of security, as well as sense of identity. Oof, there's a big one. If I'm not my job, then who the heck am I? You know, that's a collapse of things too. And so we're getting down to the root of what generates our sense of safety. And as, as the outer world is crumbling, it's a huge piece to, to look at. So what, what could create more safety inside? I think that's the question you had asked. It's a big one. I, I think that first and foremost, inside, our sense of safety comes from us resting on a foundation that we are provided for inherently internally okay if we want to get right down to it our sense of connection to what life and death are are everything survival is what we're talking about so what happens when we start to actually become at peace with who we are and and our identity to life and death if we're if we're still afraid of death um that's going to be something that triggers us, you know? Um, so my practice is to actually continue to come back to what is real, what is real. And then the simplest part is to say, what am I grateful for? I think that's, you know, if we could have a practice for everybody here, it's to tune in every day and not focus on what is uncertain and all of the negative things happening. It's what am I grateful for? What in my life is life affirming? You know, go back to those life affirming aspects. You know, everybody can ask this, what am I grateful for? And that starts to open up even the emotions, the heart, then the biochemical cascades that then create new thoughts, new ideas, new feelings that then generate our reality, new choice points instead of like operating from our fear and our contraction, we're gonna find that our, our neurology is gonna shift, you know, everything, our nervous system. So these are the ways in which simple practice, moving from gratitude, and then we go to the next layer, which is um, our connection to our true identity. What is real? I am an eternal being is something that I always connect to. I'm, I am one with creation. Uh, you know, like when we, when we tune into the compass that's the vertical instead of the horizontal, this is a huge thing. Okay, not everybody has a connection to, to God, the divine, whatever they're calling this greater reality. But we do have to, can we expand enough to connect to something bigger than us that puts perspective on, on everything happening. 
and we can go back into that love. We can go back into, you know, like the, that mother, father, I am taken care of. I am being parented by something that's bigger than me. And I just need, I can trust. I can surrender into that. I think that's a huge piece, you know, to, to go back onto. And I find that that can almost instantly shift my reality when I, when I tune into that. Somehow I'm not hearing you, Ronnie. I'm not sure what happened. Oh, I was on mute. There we go. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Richard Rudd had mentioned in our, in our interview yesterday about parenting yourself and soothing the nervous system. So self-soothing. And I think this, this brings up a, a, just a quick point that I wanted to just bring up around this victim attitude or archetype response. Um, there, there seems to me, and even when you get into some of the, the alternative perspectives about what may be going on behind the scenes and even taking it, extrapolating it all the way to like, okay, um, we're going to be saved, right? There's always this theme, whether you're studying ufology and you've been following David Wilcock for 10 years or, or you know, now it's the, the QAnon or whatever it is. And I'm not saying I believe or don't believe. I definitely I'm more on the side of, yes, I do believe that that is something real. And there are multiple, there's an opposing forces that have been at play behind the scenes of the chessboard for a long, long time. And it does appear to me, based on the puzzle pieces, based on some of the things that uh, Donald Trump is now instituting and some of the things that have been said and some of the, you know, just a lot of different things from a lot of angles that that does appear to be a potential reality. However, regardless, even if our entire government and our entire structure as we know it, the financial systems, and it does appear that this is possibly happening, even if it gets completely restructured and reset, your taxes are, are, are you know, that whole scam is completely revoked and everything. Right we're still going to have to take care of ourselves, right? Like, so I think there's this feeling of like, I want to be saved. I, 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 I'm almost like I'm wishing, I'm hoping certain things are true. Not because I want the world to be better. Maybe that's like a, that's like a little pipe dream. But for a lot of people, it's more like, I just really want to be saved. I just hope that yeah. I'm going to get saved in this whole kind of shakeup of what's going on. Yeah. And uh, I just want to I just want to address that real nice. quick because I, 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 I've <clears throat> noticed that on the comment boards and on YouTube and certain energies I've been feeling on social media. And I want to address that because we're, there's nothing to save. Like we all still have to contribute to society, even if it's an upgraded society that we all hope for. We all still have to do our part, whether now or later. Wow. Big one. So, so, okay. The wanting to be saved is actually the underpinning of the entire species right now. Uh, humanity is still operating at the level of the savior messianic complex. So, and this is the big checkout from um, actually living in the next developmental stage of awareness. We're still operating from this, and obviously, we, you, when I even say the word savior messianic complex, it's, you know, we look at religion, obviously, and we think, you know, Christianity is one of them. But most religions 
have some form of that, you know, that I, you know, it's, it's the, it, it's the split at the deepest level separation from source. And I want to be saved is the part of us that doesn't want to heroically have to do the, the turnaround act and look within instead of without for our own parental, like you said, becoming our own parent, becoming our own creator reality. Like it's so inherent right now on the planet. Uh, most of us want to check out and religions have created that division. So with the idea of original sin, but on the deeper level, that's why we've even allowed governments to do what they're doing because we don't actually want to be responsible enough. We want to put it on some outside force and just, you know, let, let the government take care of us. And then we still have, so much resistance to our own government. So it's this weird thing, but we've actually opted in on some level to this process. And it's because of this deeper, deeper split inside internally. So when you talk about parenting um, and becoming our own parent, this is the, the turnaround that I want to like remind people of too is where are we checking out from actually creating our own version of that we are also safe no matter what? It's not about are we going to be saved? It's that beyond safety from the outside, we remember our original inherent wholeness and that that will guide us no matter what. That means we're trusting that there's a, there's a divine blueprint. And that blueprint is going to move our being forward. It's going to move the species forward. Um, but more importantly, it's going to move us forward in whatever reality we're choosing. And that we're going to be safe. If we move from the sense of safety... Safety is then probably what we're going to create as our outpicturing, mm -hmm. right? If we feel safe inside, then that's actually going to create the vibrational structure on the outside that kind of assists us in, in staying, staying clear and internally. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I feel like um, <clears throat> if we go beyond idea of we'll be saved or we'll be safe if this happens mm, mm -hmm. you know if cause and effect if x then y you know <clears throat> if the aliens come then we'll be, be safe <laughs> you know? whatever totally. if, if, if the savior comes if the if the second coming happens then we'll be okay you know and then we if we collapse the cause and effect and we become wholeness we become the mm. sense of i'm taken care of no matter what because i'm eternal and i'm connected to a deeper fabric of of existence and we have to understand and feel truly inside that life is inherently benevolent mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. what i want to say yeah, yeah, is yeah. if we're operating from 49 percent or lower that life is actually out to get us and that the dark forces if, if we're entertaining that, then that's the holographic reality that will continue 
yeah. to cr create the entropic um, it, insertion into that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we're operating at 51% or more, that life is inherently benevolent, we're actually then trusting that this whole thing is for some greater purpose. Yeah. And then my role within it is I'm looking at it from that level of what's my greater purpose within it. The whole thing is coming from life is inherently benevolent. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Yeah. That, that, that's perfect. And that, and that is, that explains my inherent knowing that, that, yeah, and it's not and it's not to say that anything or anybody is being saved, although that is from a certain particular perspective and topic. If we're talking about, you know, the, the topics of human trafficking and child trafficking and these things that have been like, I can say this, too, because this has been going on and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it instinctually that this stuff has been going on. That's why when people are not as alarmed as I would imagine people would be yet. Um, although, yeah. you know, you see a lot of, I can't, I can't imagine what people's responses are um, on the front lines, but let's just, let's just mm -hmm. say that for now, there are people that are being saved that I would not call being a victim. I just say they've been victimized. That, that's a legitimate, and I, that's, that's a distinction too, yeah. for whatever reason I wanna make, is that there yeah. are legitimate victims that are helpless that were either born into something or whatever the case is, right? That don't have, that did not have the option that many of us do to make that turnaround, right? Um, that, that is, a, that is a, a detail of some sort that is playing out and, and thank God for the benevolent forces that I believe in my knowing. This isn't just based on like some kind of evidence or disclosure or something. Like this is something that I know in my gut, in my soul is taking place. Um, and that, and I rest on that, that I rest on that. And I'll just, I'll leave it on. I'll leave that on that. Um, you know, for whatever reason, mm -hmm. something in my heart wanted to bring that up, but, um, let me take a pause here. Let me take a breath. Cause there's two things I do want to bring up with you. Okay. Uh, and I know that's kind of a heavy thing to throw out there for some mm -hmm. reason, something in my heart really wanted to do it. If not for me, that was and just for yeah. full disclosure in this moment, that was the thing that was particularly triggering me earlier that was on my heart that was like i was like really going into something on the internet and it just kind of was like ah like there's just this primordial anger this primordial just um yeah uh anger is a good word we'll use that um and yeah. i think a lot of people are feeling that so hopefully that that you know doesn't throw the vibe off or whatever but it, it's worth mentioning and with that said the point of me bringing that up was just to reiterate my primordial knowing that there is a benevolent force in all this, that, that maybe that is the force in that there's just dual contrasting elements that are at play that have always been at play. It's, it's like the, it, you know, it's like, you know, this, you've been in this, you know, you've been even longer than I, you're a little ahead of me on the incarnation scale here, but um, in the spiritual communities, you know, there is, there has been this common, bypass which is like oh it's just all love and light evil is just an idea and i've always been like uh, uh uh no 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 evil is not an idea evil is an archetype evil is a it's a force and it is alive and well and and i'm not convinced by any measure certainly not any evidence i've ever seen that you can do away with it but one thing that does appear clear is that 
It's something that lives inside of us, just like the godliness lives inside of us. It's something that, you know, all of us feel, I, I imagine, I know for me, I've always felt like I've been in a tug of war. I've been in a wrestling match with the, the devil and the angel on the shoulder kind of thing, right? It's, it's the mm -hmm. whispering in our ear. Um, and sometimes that whisper is subtle. And it subtly tells us things that soothe the ego, but don't reinforce the heart. And mm -hmm. I think that, that maybe that's what's coming through right now is the, to get really quiet and really clear of which voice am I feeding. Powerful. Thank you for really addressing this because we're addressing both our human self and the reality that there are forces that are happening that on the bigger picture, this is the play out of forces. And there's no doubt that there's forces happening. So pol polarity is a reality, but then it's about how do, where's our position within the polarizing mm. of consciousness that it can create. Anger is a powerful tool. Uh, having that angst of the suffering of others that is happening that is meant to stir parts of us so that we can, in our own cauldron, un have a feeling of something that drives us forward because our emotions actually create in, in intensity of wanting to act mm -hmm, from. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If we didn't have enough emotion to act, we probably wouldn't act, you know? So those are, those are powerful things that drive and deliver us to where we are wanting to act from. Yeah. So when you have that angst, it's going to, it's going to be utilized. Now, what, as you, as you um, let's say, digest the intelligence of what that feeling is, then you can start to then become coherent and clear enough to then want to do something or just let it process through you right, yeah. instead of holding on to the anger and the angst you know you use it and then you move forward with it so if if we're looking at something that just happened with covid and, we, and for instance let's just use that yeah. and it brought anger to us and we want to do something about it that's awesome if we just have anger and then we let anger become part of us, then we didn't do the work mm, of mm. the intelligent use of integrating energies as they come through mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to then, um, you know, find our new ground. And I feel like when we allow these, this intelligent use of energies to, to circulate through us, and then we come back to that supreme neutrality and compassion. We're looking, we're, we're honoring our humanness and then we're honoring like moving back as quickly as possible back to that neutrality because, hey, we're actually letting every part of us remember that we're all choosing everything, every time. It's a tough one to talk about. How, how can these people who are being sexually trafficked, how can we say that they have created their reality? That's right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. And I'm going to say, look, I have to give the perspective, even though it's, you know, from one bandwidth, it actually doesn't make sense. But if we, if we up octave 
a couple more bandwidths, we're going to say nobody is a victim. That's, we're, if we look at incarnational streams, mm -hmm. we're going to say that they actually did choose that mm -hmm. in order to learn something just as much as we have our horrific experiences, each of us in our own life. And did we not grow from that? Right. Did we not utilize that as a, as a learning tool to then become something greater mm -hmm. than we were before? So this is where we do kind of level the playing fields, but we still act from compassion. Compassion and wisdom, wisdom and compassion are one. The Tibetan Buddhists talk about this. Our compassion actually comes from a deeper place if we have the wisdom to know that all of us are creating our own reality and are on the journey of becoming self-aware. Mm -hmm. Nobody um, is a victim at that level. And yet we still act from this loving kindness mm -hmm. that, that wants to, to help, but also knows that as we expand our level of what we even call our identity, we continue to grow and grow until we embrace that the whole world is our identity. Mm -hmm. The universe is our identity. When we do that, we don't um, point and go, well, they're not part of me, and so I don't have compassion for them. If we're looking at the us and them sides yeah, yeah, of yeah. the agenda, or if we, if we go look at more of the sexual trafficking and the people that have been so you know, have such horrendous lives and they appear to be, you know, the victim of something. Mm -hmm. Our compassionate wholeness as we expand also looks at them and says, they're no different than I am. I've experienced, you know, I've been, I've been that in some other lifetime, you know, I have, I have, I, or I will go through that because this experience of becoming who we truly are as an enlightened being we will have to go through every single experience of the human lexicon. The index of experiences are so vast and we will have to know them all in order to become the fully awake human. That means mm -hmm. we're gonna take our turn playing that same part of victim and victimizer. We're gonna go through all of that. This is dependent on us understanding that there are incarnations. I would say like that's a mm -hmm. that's a thing for us to uh, hopefully um, a lot of us um have that idea that mm -hmm. that idea that we we go through many incarnations because that gives context to a much greater and vaster spectrum right. of what it means to become a self-aware being over these eons and incarnations of mm -hmm. time where i've played every role for you and you've played every role for me you know and so this puts everything in that context. It doesn't, it doesn't make us not as compassionate. In fact, it makes us more compassionate for the sexually trafficked beings and the people that have been abused in this way and that way. It just continues to place us in that, that deeper place. Like, just like how would, how would Jesus look at all of this? How would Kuan Yin look at all of this? You know, how would an awakened master look at all of this? They might have that emotion come through and yet they're going to respond from this deep mm -hmm. open space where they hold it all in context with loving presence and it, we, they don't allow it to sway their being uh, from one side or the next. Yep. You know? yep. I think that's, yeah. that's very well put.
So I want to make sure that I, I at least get to touch these two things. One of it is like a three hour podcast in of itself, which is the topic of yeah. the wing makers. Right. So that, that's like, that's a whole thing in of itself. I, I want to, I want to, I want to mention that in reference to our prior conversation, particularly this idea that the, the future is predicated on the present moment and vice versa that where the present moment is being informed by the future. And, um, you know, I, I got a, a message the other day by our brother, Elijah Ray, and he left me this beautiful long message just sharing some, some, some perspectives. And he brought up the, the wing makers. And I think that's you and I and him have this interesting, um, this interesting awareness and connection through that work that I, I don't know anyone if, yeah, I don't think I know anyone else that actually, even knows what that is at any length. Um, so I wanna, I wanna bring that in as, a, as a, a, a finale kind of energetic, because I, mm -hmm. I do believe with everything that we've talked about and we've moved through and navigated through in this conversation, it is seeking resolution and absolution to mm. a higher octave and one that, mm. um, one that is inspiring for all of us to reach towards, right? Because even with what we just mentioned, that can get sticky and that can get tight and that can get like, wow, I don't know what, to, I don't, where do I go with that? What do I do with that? And even with this, this, the, all the, the involuntary disclosure that's coming up, it's like, what does this all mean? You know, I'm sure that's a question that's showing up in a lot of people's consciousness right now. And for me, I'm, I'm feeling like, well, what it means for me is it's an evolutionary impulse. It's an evolutionary Beautiful. catalyst towards some kind of metamorphosis process mm. that is far greater mm. than the one we have known. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe I should start with just, you know, most people, when they hear the word wingmakers, they have no context. So um, I'll try to be brief with it. So this is, um, this is a word title through a specific, um, through somebody specifically, um, James M Madu. Uh, now, I'm not going to go into his work. I'm just going to reference what wingmakers might mean for other people. So, wingmakers, we could say, are radiant ones. Some people might call them Elo Elohim, meta beings who actually exist outside of this time matrix, time and space matrix. So they are actually both our origin and our future. So that's an interesting one to think about because now we're talking about spherical time. We're talking about time that's evolutionary and yet anchored from a, a greater bandwidth of, under, of understanding of what time actually is. And so we talk about these beings uh, that are almost as if they're from our future. Now, this idea only makes sense if we think about time as linear. If we go past time as linear and we look at spherical or holographic time, we can actually say that these beings 
are the the origin and the evolution of our species. Uh, humanity is waking up to itself as a much greater entity. It's where our incarnational streams come from, and it's actually the governing evolutionary impulse that is driving the species forward to become something greater than we could have imagined. And so these impulses, I like the word that you used, they're impulses that are coming seemingly from the future. And what I could say about future is that as we open ourselves to become more connected to the stream of creation and life, we're going to see that we've always been connected to something that is bigger than us, that is a matrix that's um, driving us to not only incarnate, but then what's, what's happening on the planet is it's taking us somewhere that evolutionarily will deliver us back to the place where most of our ideas of, of deities and gods and goddesses on the, you know, that's a, that's a loaded word. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to say it from that point of view. Um, I'm going to recontext and say that the wing makers represent the part of our wisdom as a race that is far beyond the duality that we've been living from. And they are offering, which is saying we are, our higher self, our, the sole blueprint of who we are as a collective race, is always offering wisdom, breadcrumbs, to remind us of who we are and what we're capable of and what we're becoming. And so, this is the sense of how when we get these powerful impulses, this gnosis, this divine wisdom that comes in, when we go into these high states of meditation and we start to become connected to this Akashic field where wisdom just kind of pours open or we get these flash visions of uh, our self as this meta being, way bigger than who we are as humans, we're getting these signals from seemingly outside of our own identity. And they are part of our genetic consciousness. Uh, I do believe that our genetics hold the, the code for who we're becoming. The dormant and latent expression of our genes, we're turning on something. So that means that it was already there in the operating system. So if we understand that the operating system has inherent the fruition of the experiments of the life wave that we're calling the human species, not just the personal genetics, but the, the, um, the, the genetic species intelligence, the world's soul and the, the humanity's soul blueprint. That's what the wing makers represent. They represent the, the fruition of who we're becoming. And um, hopefully that kind of gives an idea. Yeah, no, that, 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 was, that was really perfectly explained. And so just on that note, so who we're becoming. So, so I think the reason I'm bringing that up is to create some kind of context or framework for exactly what you said and to make that a conscious practice. Who am I becoming, in other words? 
is that, yeah. that that that's that's really what this whole thing is all about right i mean on that level right it's about many things you could you yeah. could you know get down to the grassroots but we're we're beyond that now we're we're way we're we're going meta right let's let's go meta and really ask the real okay. perennial question which is yes. who who am i becoming and what it what it you know in other words let me just let me just say it this way and i'll i'll, I'll leave it with i'll, I'll leave okay. this idea with you yeah if our future self is informing our present self via our primal instinct our intuition our guttural instinct right not so much the mind and the ego because that's predicated on reference points of the past right the ego is obsessed with the past because that's all it knows it's always about safety and contraction Play safe. Don't don't take risks because you never know what's going to happen if you walk out the door without your face mask. Um, <laughs> you know, it's there are these these impulses, and so my my interest in this topic is characterizing those impulses, not leaving it as some like oh some whim or something. Oh, I'll, I'll get to that when I feel like it, but actually, yeah. actually presencing myself that that's actually some kind of communication with something in me that's also outside of me connecting with me at the same time. Yeah. Guiding me somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for, for bringing this through because we do want to, we do want to leave people here also with a practice. And so I actually, the, what I'm going to speak to can then become a practice too. Now, our self-image is a huge part of what moves us forward. Either our self-image hinders us because of, like you're saying, it's ego, it's based on past imprints, or we're forward-driven by who we know and believe that we can become. And so that's based on our, our self-image. Now, our self-image not only involves who we think we are and how we can become that in this human lifetime. That's one layer. That's when, you know, like high performance, you know, everything entrepreneurs and, you know, we, we get into that flow state where we're like, I'm connected to my, my, my ultimate, you know, kind of space of what I know I can become and where I can manifest from. Those are all one aspect. And we do have to have that sense of, who am I in my peak expression of self? Okay. If we don't have that, we're, we don't have anything pulling us forward. So if we connect to that, we're going to be incredibly informed by a blueprint that helps us when we start to contract. We can open up again. We can dilate open to, but wait a minute. Like I am this extraordinary being, you know, filled with incredible potential. And so I want to expand that idea and dilate it open to this meta level, like you're saying, is not even like who we are in our excellence as a human, but like who we are in our original state as a soul. And so if we have that, so that now we're calling that our divine image, we have this like self image with the small s, our, you know, our optimal self as a human. And then we have this divine image of who we are as this meta extraordinary like full-on awakened soul presence this this fiery embodiment from the original core of creation that is just like 
scintillating into the, the fabric of our DNA and our cells when we're ready to open to it. Wow, we connect to that. And that is something that we can do daily. We can connect to and we can dream into and we can be receptive to who am I in my ultimate level of consciousness as a soul. And we will then start to open up to the operating instructions of who we are at that level and how to get there. We're going to be inspired by doing internal things, by having experiences inside that, that start to open us up. And those kind of things then will help deliver into us to become the living stream of a higher embodied being in our life that will help us have the inner knowing that then creates resilience to keep showing up because we have a north node compass point of no matter what happens i am this being and i know where i'm going i, I have a sense of who i am becoming not only in this life but in my incarnational stream that for me is one of my practices. If we can have that in any part of the day where we get that kind of freak out moment, the anger, the I don't know what to do, because a lot of us are like confused. We just don't know what to do. Sometimes it's not about doing. We have to return back to the being. The beingness will then reinform us. So if we can reorientate to what's my higher self image, what's my peak state as a human self, and then who am I becoming as a soul? What is this whole purpose for? We're going to find that we have a genetic species level of consciousness. This is going to help get us out of the small self where the ego contracts and it forgets that it is part of a greater awakening. The species soul, if you tune into it, will tune into you. Okay? This is a big one to understand. If we tune in, not until we tune into it, does that level of our soul tune into us and start to bring us informational streams that carry us towards it. This is the sacred handshake with the creative consciousness that we can either call God or the handshake that we can then call the creative consciousness of our unique individualized soul spark that is seeking to wake us up. You know, this future forward memory backwards, you know, idea of where are we being informed from, um, that will st start to make sense when we just start to open ourselves up and these intuitive streams happen. But first we have to be open and coherent enough to, to listen and to hear those vibrational currents and those whispers, like you said, you know, that want to carry us along. So. Mm, that, that was absolutely brilliant. And you just hit on, hit on the quintessence of where the question or the, the, the idea spawned from, which is what you're paying attention to is paying attention to you. Yes. And it's almost this weird phenomenon where sometimes I feel like something's watching me. <laughs> and it's like a lot of times where we'll go is like, oh, it's like a ghost or it's something. And it's like, mm. yeah, but... I mean, maybe, you know, who knows, but there's sometimes there's a sense that like sometimes when guilt comes up and maybe, you know, like maybe in the past or something, 
you're doing something that you know like you have no business doing or you've told yourself you're not going to do i think there's one part of it where it's just like self-accountability like you've told yourself enough times that you're not going to do something so you're kind of like uh yeah okay like you know, you're, 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 you're pulling a, you're trying to pull some wool over your eyes kind of thing and you mm. rationalize it. But then there's also this subtle like guilt that comes up. That's, you know, it, it's not the, the societal guilt program. It's a genuine spark of like, Hey dude, I see you. Like you're not, you're not getting away from anything. Like you think you're, you're, you, nobody's watching, mm. but like, there's the, there's a presence like Michael Beckwith says, like there's an intelligent presence. And that was the, that was the thing that I wanted to, you, you hit mm -hmm. on the nail, like the resistance to turn inward and the resistance to actually acknowledge clearly, def clearly that whether it's God or it's a deity or whatever, I just look at exactly what you're talking about. It's like, it's a, it's an aspect of me that's, operating on a, a higher octave than I am in this corporeal human ego form. And if I can acknowledge as a first step that it's actually real and start adhering my attention towards it, then we can actually have some kind of dialogue happen here. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I'm trying to see if there was an actual question in all of that or if if you just wanted to keep rapping about I mean, that it's, yeah and we're reaching we're reaching a bit of a, a a conclusion point but you know i'm just i'm 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 that that was that was my my uh my takeaway in a sense and um and also just just this note that there is a there is a there is a voluntary admission of my own intention right it's not going to just spontaneously happen yes. it's not like yeah. god it's again it comes back to the savior thing it's like if i want to be saved so to speak i have to save myself by actually attending to the thing that's been yeah. there all along yeah yeah well said and and this is this is where the sovereignty of our evolution comes into context. We either passively evolve or we actively evolve. And so active evolution looks like putting ourselves in the stream of the highest potentiated expression of who we become. And if we look at it at the human level, it's like, you know, or the entrepreneur level or the, you know, like peak state performance level. It's like, Yes, like I want to become the excellence of what's possible inside of me. And that's being proactive with our, you know, our, the fruition of what we came here to do and be and express and offer into the world. But then now we're talking about at the spiritual level, like kind of this higher bandwidth yeah. of everything that I do either can move me forward or kind of keep me stationary or stagnant. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. let's, let's utilize everything, intensify everything mm, to mm -hmm, amplify mm -hmm. our, our, our experience of becoming an awakened soul. Man. And this is the yeah. Tantra of life. This is using every, people might under, not understand what I mean by that, but the Tantra of life would, would mean we utilize every single experience that comes to us as, as that um, impulse of awakening 
to connect us to something greater, to the unifying principle, to we don't deny anything. We actually utilize everything to leverage our ultimate space of unified consciousness. And so if we can do that in any given moment, we are creating higher bandwidth inside of ourselves to open up the kundalini, to open up the energetic fields that gives us that connection to contribute to the highest ordering at every level, not even just our personal evolution. But now we're talking about, I'm expanding my bandwidth to become a coherent nexus point mm -hmm. for all of creation to utilize me. And when we do that, think about it. When we open up the chalice of the self to become wider and wider, then more can be poured into us. It's, you know, it's, it's small self and big self, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, becoming one. It's mm -hmm, mm -hmm, self-serving. Mm -hmm. It's the one self serving <laughs> up, serving itself through you because yeah. you keep widening your chalice so that much more will be given to you to fulfill thy great works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, fulfill mm -hmm. not only that into the world, but fulfill the great esoteric, mystical, alchemical work mm -hmm. of becoming the fully awakened self. That, that was exactly spot on. Thank you for, for, for really tying that together. And, and I, I really think of it like spiritual athletics, the way that you, you brought that together. Because, you know, as an athlete, it, it's like you're looking for the edge, right? always looking for the edge and everything has a way of kind of corresponding itself to a central direction. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm not going to run, run five miles and then go smoke cigarettes. It's kind of like, it just doesn't, it does. It's like, that's obvious. Right. Yeah. Um, and yet in, in the regular life flow, these kind of dynamics do often happen, right? You're doing one thing, putting a lot of energy towards one thing, but then there's like some kind of weird, contradicting thing that can come up that's totally like um it's like a block in the it's like an obstruction in the flow like you know we all either do or have had these things in our life where we're working towards something where we're feeling fulfilled and we're going towards it and all of our life force energy is moving forward but then there's like some weird pattern or behavior that rears this little head that maybe we thought we were rid of and then it's kind of like, uh, okay, I'm going to change the channel for a second. But then it's like, oh, it's actually hard to get back on channel. And, and it's, it's like this whole thing, right? So mm -hmm. I think of, I, I, I really think of like the, adopting this attitudinal framework to spirituality instead of just leaving it at like, oh, is spirituality. I don't even know what that means anymore. But what I do understand is spiritual athletics. Like to me, in my mind, the simplicity of that is clear. It's like, oh, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a performing component. There's a training. There's a, it, it makes sense of all the challenges in my life all of a sudden. They're not random. Mm. There's no yeah. victim. I'm not, you don't go on a basketball court yeah. or if you're a boxer, you don't go into the ring and get beat up and you're like, oh, I'm a victim. It's like, dude, you know what you, that's a, it's, a, it's an agreed <laughs> upon, it's an agreed <laughs> upon dynamic. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that really, that really was interesting to me. Nice. <laughs> well said, brother. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. This was, this was absolutely fantastic. Amorea.
really appreciate just riffing and raffing with you and, yeah. and, and going deep into the, the rabbit holes and, and excavating profound wisdom and, and articulating it in a way that I think will land for everybody. I can see in the comments mm. here, it clearly is. And, um, and the thousands of people that listen to this on the, the podcast mm. and, um, it, you know, just, just given this moment in time, this holy charade and all of its, all of its puzzle pieces, <laughs> you know, what do you, let me ask this question. What do you feel in your wisdom and your perspective we're moving forward to? What, what can we look forward to if we stay the path? Mm. Okay. Well, um, Knowing that uh, things are going to get harder before, you know, kind of like the, we're through the birth canal all the way. Um, we're, we're strengthening a lot of things inside. We're getting clear around what's actually important. Um, it might be really intense what we have to go through to get back to what's important, to get back to, you know, growing our own gardens to get back to how do we want to like how important is community to us and what is defining our community and like the the parts of us that um know we need to unplug from some of the things that we've created and done and now we have to undo them and it's going to be a hard process to undo you know and but it's what's going to show us clearly you know, this is the outpicturing of what we've done and here are the results of what, what we'd like to move forward with. And we don't know what that looks like yet. That's what I want to say. We have to hold on to what we would like from this as a frequency, what, how we would like to sh like show up for um, what is the species going to become after this because we're we we can't look backwards we do have to just kind of be with this and i i don't have my um my bets uh i haven't put my money down one way or the other what's going to happen um but i do feel that the greater than imagined result from this is still what i hold true to and that's the far-reaching context of this arc. And that doesn't mean I'm going to look six months from now and go, oh, my God, look at us. Like, we, we've, you know, we've we done so good and we made it through. And it's like, no, this is a long-term <laughs> <Yeah>. project. <laughs> and let's start looking uh, and, and have enough eyes of perfection to when we do start to see changes, we see, you know, we go, this is a result already of what is happening. Mm -hmm. um, for mm -hmm. instance, with the things of like, hey, there's less pollution in the skies right now. You know, the animals are returning back to the places in which they used to not come. That's that, that right there is beyond yeah, right there. anybody's comprehension of what we thought it was going to take to turn this thing around eco, eco, ecocidally, the ecosystem, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so... Let's look at those um, small successes and, and start continue to utilize them to go, right, what's really important and how have our choice points 
created some of these incidences and, and knowing that if we're going to make it through as a species and we will, and we might have, yeah. who knows, we might have less people in what we're calling this species, but they're going to be the ones who are then going to forward evolution. You know, um, all this is to say that I don't have a sense of where we're going. Yeah. I, I, ha I have and I hold a sense of how I'd like to go myself within this, mm -hmm. with, with the people that matter to me yeah. and, and start to create a living vortex that starts to, you know, Mm -hmm. create the context of what I want to live in and the people that um, that are opting into a more coherent version of reality inside that then starts to make choices together you know and yes we might be as Barbara Marx Hubbard calls it mm. islands of coherence <laughs> islands of coherence we're seeing that we at a at a collective level what we're doing right now is we're creating an island of coherence together. Everybody who's on this podcast, you know, we're not all in one community together. We're a, we're a global community. We might not see, like me right now, I'm in a community with 15 other people. I'm blessed to have that. Not everybody has community. We're all having this, uh, we all have a hope of kind of living together in community or something like that. A lot of us do. But we are... We are a virtual community yeah. composed of so many beings who are opting into living life from a certain level of consciousness, banding together to create a harmonic resonance of the reality we, we want to engage. Mm. That is going to continue no matter what. Yeah. If we go into more fuller and fuller, like, you know, lockdown and whatever, like we're going to do what we've always done, you know, just yeah. like the matrix, you know, it's like, those who are like going to going to live from freedom we will continue to do that we will continue to That's see true. everything on the outside yeah. Yeah. and we're going to go freedom we're still going to live from that sense of like stoke that fire even more yeah the irrefutable memory of the human soul and our potential and we will not break you know we can try to be broken down you know by the system blah 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 yeah. It doesn't have to look that dramatic. But I just want to say that, that throughout history, there's always those who are pioneering mm. consciousness, who are forefronters of creating new memes mm -hmm. in the species blueprints. Mm -hmm. So we're going to keep doing that. And our positivity is absolutely vital and essential now more than ever. Critical. So if, if, if that's what you're doing and that's where you're having to focus more than usual, then please do so because mm -hmm. that is helping all of us is keeping positive. So, so well said. So, so beautifully said. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm like you on that. And I, I feel like no matter what we're moving into, it's going to be, it's going to be better than ever because man, it, it, because <laughs> If we can't go back to the past, thank goodness, because thank goodness. I don't want to go back to that. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. we're, we're already halfway across the bridge as it is, and, and the water yeah. is clearer than it was before, from what I can tell. Mm. And, and there's, you just pointed out so many things, and we're going we're gonna to close this out quickly, but I, I just want to reiterate everything you said from my perspective. That's my feeling as well. Um, the evidence is clear that we are moving forward into 
something far more positive. Whether you're looking at what's actually happening on the political, not what you think is happening or from the, the, the particularly the, the, the left or what, whatever that whole game is, what's actually happening and things that are actually being put in place um, and the financial, the dissolvement of the Fed and all that, like the, the things that are actually happening, mm. wherever this is taking us is far better than where we've been. I, that is my feeling. I stand on that. And okay. I, I am, I'm just, I'm stoked. I haven't been this excited and optimistic in a <laughs> long time. And it's, nice. it's not like I'm, I'm forcing it. It's a spontaneous eruption of just uh, of, of clarity of some sort. I'll, I'll just say it's, I'll, I'll, I'll assume yeah. it's my, my future self trying to get me on the right TV channels. So. Hey, nice, nicely yeah. put. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I trust and believe that it's our future self as all of humanity that is taking us somewhere down through the spiral wormhole of what we call the future into the great mystery mm. of something that we qu can't quite grasp or put our fingers to define it or see the structure of what it's going to look like but within the great mystery and this is the you know the kind of the great feminine tradition of trusting in the knowing that um, something is, uh, is pulling us forward and we just have to stay trusting in that so that's kind of the last thing I will mm -hmm. share is like keep the course with your trust, mm -hmm. trust inherently that we're going to be provided for and we have the resources and we're just being fortified in our resilience as humans, uh, you know, like, right. this is just <laughs> like, look, this is how we get more and more resilient with, with life. And it's beautiful. It's just, testing us to show up for ourselves as much as for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And those tests are needed. This is how evolution always works. Mutation works because we, we, are, we have to respond to the conditions of the environment. So the environment is shifting right now. So we're having to respond and we are mutating as a species and as personal, personal beings, we're mutating also. Innovation through necessity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought about this, but Michael Beckwith said something that just struck me. It's like the bush is always burning. Moses was just having a good day. <laughs> and then when he said that, I was like, Oh, I think you were, you, I think you meant something. I think you meant something else by that too, but we'll save that for another time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, wow. Okay, I, I could easily keep going on with you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna cap it there, dude. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. Like, how do people contact you? Your, yes. your programs, you. your information. Thank you. How do people do that? Okay, so the main thing I want to share with people right now is that I have an offering that I just began last week. That is the culmination, the fruition of everything that I would wish to share and making it now accessible to everybody called Collective Oracle. It's, it's a, it's a bi-monthly live stream and it's really about all of us coming together and creating this coherent field in which the evolutionary template, the divine by design level of our own consciousness creation as, as a driving species to become greater than we can imagine energy starts to be accessed together, that we're going to create that living field together on these live stream calls. 
and we're going to do the practices, the techniques, and the tools to start to create a sense of embodied mastery because we're understanding that humanity's evolution happens through our embodied mastery. So we are tied into evolution of humanity and it happens through our own personal awakening. So mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do together is create a nexus fields so that we can upgrade and uplevel our own self so that then we become more a capacitator for this evolutionary engine on the planet. So please join me, Collective Oracle. You can just go onto my Facebook, which is simply my name, Amorea. Just one word, Amorea, A-M-O-R-A-E-A. -E and so you'll, you'll find the live streams there, but you can also join the Facebook group called Collective Oracle and come and join us. That's, that's the main thing that I would want to share right now that I'm super excited about beautiful and if you could uh when you get a chance you're tagged in the facebook live right now so maybe you could okay. drop that link for us and i can put that in the nice. show notes on the podcast and, awesome. and YouTube okay. and all that will do um, man you're the best ever brother thank you so much hey brother this has been ecstatically fun and i appreciate you reaching out again in this destiny appointment time appointed as as i think both of us understand mm -hmm. to cycle back around together and and um grateful to be on your show again i appreciate it mm -hmm. thank you yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Thank you so much much all right much love to you blessings and aloha bye bye